You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Emma. Your table is ready. Live long and prosper. This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast Listener Feedback Show. This is episode 100, 100 listener feedback shows. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, I'm M. Ciro Garcia. And it's great to be back here with you guys again, talking about science fiction, the stuff we're watching, the stuff we're into, uh, talking about some of the uh, things the listeners are into, getting some response from uh, to some of our past shows. It's just going to be a dynamite time here tonight. Oh, yeah. And episode 100? Wow. What? I know, I know. Do you remember when we uh, You remember when we started those, the late, around episode 70, we began doing listener feedback shows or something Yes, like that? because our main shows, I mean, we, we, we sort of incorporated some of our feedback to our main shows, but we figured, you know, this is going to get a little long, so maybe we should do a separate show. Yeah, it wasn't too bad when we had like one uh, email or so from... Uh, from our listeners, but mm-hmm. you know, one of the people that has been with us almost from the beginning is actually in the chat room. I mean, Jen M has listened to us probably almost from the uh, first episode. Um, Jen, have, have you listened to us from the very first episode of the diner? Yeah. How you far can, do you go back? Yeah. You can answer in the chat room if you want, and we'll uh, talk about it here in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, M, how are you doing? Tell us a little bit about what's going on in your sci-fi world. Well, cheapers, I'm just swell because <laughs> everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team like you guys. Yay! Which <laughs> <laughs> I finally went to go see the Lego movie. Dude, that, that, that movie mo- is a mess. <laughs> it is. And that song is so freaking awesome. And it just stays in your head time after time after time. The best part is when they're like in peril. And so the main character starts to go, everything is awesome. And then the killer robots will go, dude. That is my jam. And they start jamming to it. <laughs> and I just want to watch that clip over and over again. Because it just makes me laugh. They're about to kill him. And then, dude, that is my jam. No, it was. That's awesome. Uh, I saw 300 this weekend, which was the new one. Not as epic as the first one. We can we can tear that apart if you'd like. Yeah. Why, uh, why, why, I'm, did you see it, Miles? Getting... No, I, I, no, I have not. Okay. But you can talk about it because I probably won't go see it. Mm-hmm. It's different. I think it's it's very clear that the way that they filmed it was specifically for 3D. There was a lot of ways that the shots were framed, and the lighting is much brighter. I went to see it in 2D because I can't handle 3D. And in 3D, everything has to be a little darker, so you don't have that beautiful chiaroscuro kind of style that the first 300 movie had because you have to make sure that it's perfect for 3D. I see you guys motioning. What are you talking about? What are you doing? <laughs> Scott's telling like, me. Scott's trying to tell me to do something without telling me to do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. It's not. It's not He's working. Making these hand motions. I'm, like, I'm wondering <laughs> if it's like if he needs to slide into second or throw a short 
guess. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was we could we could tear into that. I'm curious. I have to go back and read what the feedback was from the the listeners. And I'm still getting through the book Snow Crash, which is really funny, <laughs> really good. That's um, right. That's the one you picked up on the cruise. Um, yes, that's uh, my sci-fi world for the at the mo. After cruising with my close personal friend. What? Yeah, Will Wheaton. All right, Miles, how about you? What's going on in your sci-fi world? Um, just uh, watch the latest uh, Walking Dead, which was, I'll be curious the listeners think, which is a very disturbing episode. <laughs> um, what, flowers? Just kidding. Uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> flowers. Um, but um, still watching the shows we're all watching. Um, haven't, not reading too much right now. There's not, waiting for the next uh, Star Trek novel to become available. Um, still enjoying Doctor Who, and um, yeah, that's about it right now. Yeah, well, for me, I am still working my way through DS9. I think I only made it through an episode or two since we last talked. I'm about at episode 14 in the final season, which means I have about episodes, episode eight, like eight episodes left or something like that, and then I'll be through DS9, so mm-hmm. I'm really kind of pushing through that. I'm one episode behind in The Arrow, which... It's still awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm loving Arrow. My favorite show right now. I'm behind on Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, uh, I, I just finished Dune House Harken, Harkonnen, um, and that's only because I have a podcast on Thursday. I'm recording for the Dune Saga podcast. And uh, let's see what else is going on in my sci-fi world. Um, I was watching some Voltron with my son, mm-hmm. the animated Voltron. He absolutely loves the animated Which Voltron. Which original Voltron? Um, I don't know if it's the original. He, he bounced between them. We watched some original stuff, and then there was a newer incarnation of it that he watched as well. Um, well, as long as you're, you're, you're starting him from the beginning, and he's seeing the original stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, he's he's being exposed to the original stuff, and he enjoys the original stuff as well as some of the uh, the newer the newer stuff. So, um, and then the other thing I've been doing is I started a new podcast. So it's not science fiction related, but it is podcasting related, <laughs> called Inside the Studio of the Podcaster, hmm. where I kind of pull back behind pull back the curtains on podcasting, and we look at some of the equipment, software, and apps that people use. Mm-hmm. So that's been uh, what's going on in my world, and um, been struggling a little bit with a cold. So if you hear me cough, just excuse me. Sorry, so. you're excused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Marvel if... agent. Ooh. go ahead. Well, I was going to tell you, Marvel Marvel agent of Shield. It's get it's too long. Uh, agent of Shield. Agents. Uh, that show. Marvel. Yeah. Um, God, I was. I just. I just caught up on that, and it. The last episode was really good. And it's starting to hold on. And I had posted two articles today, one about how why it should be canceled and why it shouldn't be canceled. So I, I want you to read that. I'm, uh, I'd like once you get caught up, read those articles, and I'm curious on your thoughts. You should drop links to them in the chat room. So. Oh, I will. That would be. They're it. on the Facebook page, you which go, you can regret. find us on the Facebook at Facebook yeah, dot yes. something or the other dot sci-fi diner podcast. Yeah. Bloody bloody bloody. Well, uh, just uh, another note, we, we are going to be heading episode 200 of Remain Show, and we have a lot of giveaways we're going to be giving away. So you can go to the SciFiDinerPodcast.com page and scroll down through the post. You'll find the giveaways for episode 200. A lot of autographs, prints, uh, Eddie McClintock and um, 
Uh, who mm. else do we have in there? Thomas Decker. Thomas Decker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I forget who else. There's just tons, tons of Walking Dead print. Oh yeah, we have two Walking Dead prints signed by Carol herself. Melissa oh, yeah. Bride. Yep. Yeah, that we are going to be giving away. Lots of comic books in mint condition. We're going to be giving away, so you want to check those out as well. Um, also, if you're if you're signed up to the Sci-Fi Diner feed and you haven't gone to see some of our past episodes, I updated it. And not all of our past episodes, but a bunch of our past episodes I saw are now available. I did something different with our feed, and suddenly all 350-plus episodes of the Sci-Fi Diner are now available. Hmm. So <clears throat> so that's um, that. And again, thank you to the chat room who joined us and is watching us live right now. So Phrase, Jen, and there's some other people probably in there as well. I know I'm in there and uh, so on. But. Oh, Colin's in. Hi, Colin. Oh, Colin's are cool. So I have Colin's little friend right here. <laughs> That's right. In honor of Colin sitting on the microphone. All right. He's well, let's um, little yeah. move on. Yeah, move on. <laughs> I'm not going to sing for you. Well, we got some voicemail in, and this is voicemail from Floyd from Aurora, Colorado, who is Miles' favorite friend um, because he's a guy that hates Star Trek. Oh. Yeah. be great to hear from them. Yeah, so it's actually <laughs> I'll pull out my Star Trek character for that. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. so he actually sends in a pretty long email, and I'm gonna pause it probably at some point so we can talk a little bit about what he's saying, um, and then we can kind of go on and from there. So here is here's Floyd from Aurora, Colorado. Good evening, Sci-Fi Diner crew. This is Floyd from Aurora. I wanted to weigh in on some of the recent conversation you've been having about Ronald D. Moore remarks regarding the de-evolution of science fiction. First of all, I will uh, make this disclaimer that I'm a huge Battlestar Galactica fan. Um, I don't know that I'd describe myself as a Ronald D. Moore fanboy, but I am a BSG fanboy. Um, So with that said, I don't really think there's been a de-evolution of science fiction, uh, television science fiction. Um, I think when you look at the history of it, um, you know, from the 50s on, um, the amount of it has fluctuated. We've probably got more genre fiction available to us now than we really ever have. And I think uh, recent properties like Harry Potter (coughs) and Twilight have shown um, the bigwigs that write the checks that there's a market for this kind of uh, uh, for this kind of product and that people are willing to pay for it. Um, and I think when you look at the success, the success of things like specifically Harry Potter and Twilight, I think it, I think uh, uh, a show like Arrow is a direct outgrowth of the success of those kinds of franchises. You know, something that um, is catered towards the young, adult, late adolescent crowd, um, plays on you know the coming of age stories. Um, so even though I'm not really a big fan of Twilight in the sense that I hate it. Um, there is some, you know, there, there've been other, um, benefits to the success of that franchise. Um, but I think more than anything else with so much product available, uh, I think the reality is that so much of it isn't very good. Um, I don't think that speaks to a de-evolution of it, of, of the genre as much as, as it speaks to, um, there's a lot of companies that are trying to capitalize on, um, the current popularity of genre fiction, you know, now it's pretty hip to be a nerd. Um, and in capitalizing on it, I don't think there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, but there's certainly good 
uh, they're good stories to be had. Um, so, like I say, I don't really think it's a de-evolution. Um, that statement implies that there was a, a, a point in the history of the genre where uh, the, the sophistication was at a greater height. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily so. I think this is constantly undulating mountain range. Um, I think there are, there are high points, shows like Babylon 5, like Firefly, like BSG. Um, but then there's plenty of low points along the way, and I think there's more lows than highs, just generally speaking. Um, I think specifically television movies have to cater to uh, uh, an audience much broader um, than, um, than those that are specifically picking up comic books or um, uh, buying specific uh, genres of novels or buying you know, novels from specific writers. So invariably... The genre or the sci-fi, the fantasy, you know, whatever you want to talk about, but the, the those elements get watered down and get washed down into something that's more consumable by a broader, uh, by a broader audience. So that's what I think about that. All right, so let's chat a little bit about what Floyd is talking about. You know, he actually said some pretty good things in response to what Robert uh, Ronald D. Moore said. Yeah, it was. It was. You know. As far as being a fan of, of Ronald D. Moore, I, I've enjoyed, you know, I've enjoyed, of course, Battleship Galactica, yeah, but Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Next Generation, Gallifrey, um, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed those. My, my new love of uh, Doctor Who. Um, not well, haven't uh, really picked up on that, like so. As far as you know, as far as the de-evolution of sci-fi. We we talked about this. I don't think we 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 we, we really in agreement with Ronald Moore on that one. No, I, no, I didn't. I, I, but I like what he said. Like, it seems like since sci-fi has become kind of popular in a way, or becoming a nerd or geekiness has become much more acceptable. Um, and you think of all the movie, the geeky, all the money that geeky movies make. Uh, of course, people went into the playing field, and I think I wonder if people are trying to capitalize on it without having the knowledge and the background okay. in it. And so, what they come up with is something maybe less than stellar. And so, when you said there's a lot of more lows than highs, I kind of agree with him. Uh, Emma, your thoughts on this? Well, Ronald D. Moore certainly likes to hear himself speak. Oh, okay. (laughs) And he's had his hand in a lot of of science fiction and fantasy. And so his chops are pretty big. He's he's got a good footing in it. He has a very long history and I I consider him consider him to be incredibly knowledgeable and well respected. Now the comment about I agree with Floyd in that saying that there's a de-evolution of of sci-fi would mean that it's hit its pinnacle and it's falling apart. I think, if anything, there's been a diversification of science fiction that has brought us to the craptastic of Twitlet, or I'm sorry, Twilight. Um, and it's brought a whole new, it's brought a reimagining of Star Trek. And we've got Star Wars, the good films and the fan fiction films, and now the, the new birth of the new films. And and then you've got some, like there's a young adult version that's much more popular now. There's a little bit more female written towards, there's there's so much more there. I wouldn't call it a de-evolution. I would call it a, just an amazing div- diversification. This like giant melting pot of sci-fi fantasy nerddom. Yeah, and so, I... Go ahead. Like, as much as I don't like Babylon 5 and I don't like Twilight, 
it's it's I'm not the audience for it, but what's awesome is that there is an audience for it. And it's a nice big broad one. There's something for everybody. Oh yeah. Exactly. Well and I like how you said, you know, even though he, he did not like Twilight, he, he gives Twilight credit for <laughs> kind of spurning many other shows on that have you know, been high quality. Like so what do we what do we had shows like I don't know, being human or would we are or Teen Wolf, would these shows have been around without the Twilight series? Being human would have because it's British. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Did that come out before Twilight? I don't think so. Yep. I think, did it? No. No, I, I think, think it, Twilight, Twilight was before. Was it? No. I don't think it had any kind of impact on it, though, because the, the British version is much darker yeah. than the American version. Well, yeah. And what, the actor's a little bit more yummy. Jen said they're always looking for the next Harry Potter. So... <laughs> They are look. You know what? They are looking for the next well, sci-fi um, cash cow. No, they are, and that's and that's, that's uh, what it is. They're looking for the next cash cow. Yeah, so they're kind of they're like spreading out their the garments, these fleeces, and saying, "Well, what's going to stick? What's going to stick?" Right. I wouldn't right. call Harry. I mean, I, I I've not watched much Harry Potter of Harry. Was good. But Harry, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider Harry. I'm not Potter curious fluff, about it. I mean, it, it oh no, I don't think yeah. so. But no. I think it's an ABC Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that means it won't be canceled after. Oh, no. I mean, that's a book that actually grew up with the character. I found that the books became hey, a little bit richer hey, 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 and a little bit more deep and a little darker. That's mean. As you do when you go from being 11 to 17, 18 years old. And the great, th- um, the great thing with those eight movies is that the movies kind of grew with the characters as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's, um, let's, uh, let's continue to listen to see what else Floyd has to say. I did want to take a minute to weigh in on Almost Human. Uh, I'm still watching the show. I haven't watched the um, season finale, which aired last night. I would imagine by the time you guys get this message, this will be old news. Uh, So I haven't seen that yet. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Um, I'll be honest, it's not really what I expected when I saw um, some of the promotional material. I was hoping... Uh, hoping against hope, really, for something a little more Blade Runner-y. Um, it's, it's pretty fluffy and it's pretty soft, but again, I don't think there's, I think M is absolutely right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, in my real life, my kind of heaviness, sadness, human misery cup is chronically pretty full. So I've turned more and more towards lighter fare the last couple of years. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, With that said, I don't think it's particularly good science fiction. I think Almost Human is at its absolute best when it's uh, it's moonlighting or um, northern exposure. You know, when it's Joel and Maggie or David and Maddie um, kind of going at it. You know, I see it's not as much a buddy cop movie or buddy cop show as it is about, like, these two people in this weird yet very intimate relationship trying to find the ins and outs of, you know, trying to get through their day and get through their experiences. And when it's, when it's hitting on, on that front, I think it's when it's best and it's the most enjoyable and it's the most fun to watch. The sci-fi elements are fine. I mean, to me, it's pretty glitzy and soft and, um, uh, there's references, you know, to, to kind of a greater overarching story, a more complex world that these characters inhabit, you know, with the whole John Larroquette thing and the wall and all that. And I mean, that could be really cool. I'm going to keep watching. Um, but to me, almost human is at its best when it's, um, the weird sexual tension between, um, Dorian and Kenix. Um, I don't think that's intentional, but I think it's there, and I think that's what makes it fun. Is it's the same dynamic that made watching Moonlighting fun when I was a teenager. So take that for what it's worth. So, Em, do you want to talk a little bit or respond to Floyd? 
okay maybe not <laughs> it's so funny because i did i uh, i've heard so many people refer to it as kind of like moonlighting but with two dudes and they do talk about their junk a lot i know you mentioned and, that before <laughs> they have the best rapport they really do they're written so well and the two actors are freaking hilarious i do love them dearly we're they're on they're possibly on the chopping block now that um what show just got canceled? The singing show this, um, on Fox. American Idol? The Voice? No. The vo- I don't know if X-Factor. it's The Voice or the... It's it's one of those, you know, it's the it's it's the come sing know. and be embarrassed by us for the first two episodes show. That's American Shows. Idol. Did American Idol get canceled? I think so. Not American... I don't think it's American Idol. American but Idol's something on Fox. on Fox got canceled that's kind of in that vein. And the so Summer they Glow have that time show? slot that they need to fill. And it's between the following with Kevin Bacon, which Kevin Bacon, um, and it's between Almost Human if they're going to keep it. And I think they just haven't they haven't gotten to where they need to get with that. And and I agree with Floyd completely. It's at its best when the dialogue is spot on between those two. They have the best, the best. Like they're like Wallowitz and um, oh God, I can't think of his name. Raj. And Raj, yeah. What is the ersatz Homer? I can't even say. It. Jen said it was the X Factor that was canceled. Thanks, Jen. X Factor, yes, that was a disaster of a show. <laughs> but um, they're hetero life partners. They're like Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. It's a really cute show, yeah. and it's you know, it, it can be a little fluffy. He said he said that he was hoping for it to be a Blade Runner. I didn't think about it, but it, there is a little bit of. Of Deckard and um, and Edward James Olmos's character from Blade Runner, that there, it. but it, but it, but it just is not that deep. There's, it's just not that deep of a sci-fi show. No, it's not. They're as, not going to do that. No, it's not as dark as and you you have. I mean, there's dark elements of it, but because of the, the, the character's name, God. the relationship you have between um, you know Dorian and Kenix. I mean, it's um, it's precious. It, it's it's fun, so it's you know, yeah. sexual tension. I didn't ever yeah. you know. I mean, I don't know if I put it quite that way. I didn't, hey. Yeah, I mean, uh. I need a minute. <laughs> All right, well, it's let's... so funny that he it's, it's perfect because I, it's what people hate about the show and what people love about the show. I love that about the show. We're gonna come back to Floyd's voicemail here in just a little bit, um, but let's talk a little bit uh, about. Believer, a believer, believe 102 beginner's luck. Now, I did not watch Believe. Did any of you guys watch Believe, the TV show? No, I didn't. Just came out. Did you have? I haven't had a chance. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but. But people are liking this. Are they? Because I'm getting, I'm seeing half and half about it. That's kind of what I have. The one comment I have here is by Sean Kennedy said, I didn't think I would like this series. Two episodes in, and I'm looking forward to following along. So okay. he liked it, but you you said you've heard you've heard thoughts that aren't really uh, stellar regarding it. Well, the thought it's been brought up that that there's really I mean it's only two episodes in, but that the first pilot episode wasn't kind of a clincher, it didn't really grab you, and that the second episode continued within that vein that you're still kind of like you're wanting the story. Um, I I'm not going to judge till I watch, um, but it is on my Hulu list and it's on the Hulu, but other program watching options are available yeah when that's and that's the thing these days a show really has to kind of grab you in the first episode 
Mm-hmm. And mm. um, I think this is one of the things that made Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. such a difficult watch for people. The first couple episodes felt a little bit lackluster. People were coming into it with all sorts of preconceptions as to what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. should be like, and it was not delivering overall. They uh, wanted the movie I in know. TV form. I know. And that's 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 not, that's that's ridiculous. not deliverable. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. You, you just can't expect that. Um, let's talk Walking Dead before we go back to Floyd. Uh, Miles, you absolutely love the most recent Walking Dead episode, right? I'm amazed I was able to sleep um, <laughs> that it, night. <laughs> okay, so you want to tell us a little bit about it. What made it such a, uh, piv- uh, a pivoting uh, episode for you? Anything with children in horror is always going to be disturbing. Um, this, this episode focused on Tyrese, Carol, the two little girls, and Judith. I mean... Um, I mean, as much as I can on Judith. Judith is, is a baby. But um, Carol is trying to train these girls how to survive. The one girl gets it. The one girl thinks the walkers are not bad. They're just different. And she, ha- you know, she has a definitely a different... Um, she doesn't have the right um, attitude about them that she should have. Um, and, well, let's just say, I mean... We, we could we could read Matt and, and Jen's comments, and then I could kind of like just sort of just give the uh, the the end of what happened there. <laughs> yeah, um, Ab, do you want to read Matt's comments? I can as soon as I get to them. That's all right. I'll, I'll read Jen while you're looking for Matt. Jen, who's in the chat room, said, oh, yeah, about the episode. Wow, what an episode! I couldn't believe they actually went there, but I guess they had to. Somebody on the Talking Deads said it was sort of like a mice and men with Lizzie and Micah. Uh, I think Carl is going to be the last kid standing in this show. Um, but at least everything came out. Although I wish she would have said that Lizzie did have some part in Karen's death. That way she could have killed them both and Carol had to drag the bodies out when she found them. Oh well. But it's still a really good episode. Well, and Matt said, I'm running if someone tells me to look for flowers. <laughs> okay, do you want to explain that, Miles? I'll be happy. Well, no, I'm not going to be happy to explain it. I'll- I like flowers. Don't ruin this. Yeah. <laughs> you, you may want to tune out a little while. Then. Uh, la, 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 Not listening. Not listening. Um, Wave when you're done talking about it. There's, like I said, what, what, you find out this one little girl, she's got, I mean, this is a zombie apocalypse, so... It's bound to damage some people. Seriously? That's what Walking Dead's about? Well, in some places, yes, in some, <laughs> for some people. And you have this the one old the one sister, the older sister. She's the one that's a bit damaged. And there's one scene where there's this one walker who is trapped in the um, uh, train tracks. His one leg is broken, so he can't move. He can still move his hands around, but she's feeding him mice. Mm. And then, um, like then you see her later on. She's walking, and it must be like a, a little girl walker chasing her. And Carol has to ends up killing it. And the one girl's like, "That's my friend." You, you know, and it's like she was going to kill you. She's no, we were just chasing each other, having fun. So it's like you know something is not right with this girl. <laughs> um, well, what happens is um, Tyrese and Carol are walking getting supplies or whatever, and they come back. They're, they're kind of hiding out in this house. Um, and they find the one girl, she's got she's got a knife in her hand, her hands are bloody, and her little sister's laying down. So you don't see what happened, but you know what happened. She's like, you know, I'm waiting for her to change. And, right. you know, and she was got planning to do it to Judith, too. And they're like, they managed, you know, um, 
I'm trying to think. I, I'm trying to remember if she has the, the knife in her hand or the gun in her hand. But they, um, they, they managed to convince her to go into the house. And Carol and Tyrese are talking. And Carol says, this girl can't be around people. I'll, I'll take her away or whatever. And um, they, 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 they go and this little girl starts crying or whatever. And, and Carol's like, it's okay, sweetie. Just, just, just look at the flowers. And if you, <laughs> if you, from that scene from Mice of you know, Men where um, I forget the one character, but I think it's Lenny is the one who ha- has this problem with accidentally killing people. You know, she just... Right. You know, just well, Carol ends up shooting a little girl because what else are you gonna do? I mean, there's 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 no way to help this girl in this. What is a little bit of mice and men? Because I mean, that's what George has to do to Lenny there. George, yeah, because of the uh, uh, John Malkovich and Mm -hmm. Gary Sinise. What great roles for them! Oh yeah, Um, but you know, just that, just in that scene, what they had to do with those characters, terribly sad. It was a very terribly sad situation. They they explored an area that maybe would have happened in a, in a zombie apocalypse, but not something you want to think about. But yeah. uh, I, I, it's like this this girl killed her sister. What are you gonna? I mean, you can't put her in um, reform school or well, you know mental institution mental, or anything like that. Cause, cause they're they're all gone. There's nothing. Right. There, you know you you, you can't. This little girl's a danger to a, anybody. And so I'm not defending what the, what would happen. I'm just saying this is. This is what happened. Yeah. Um, Carol also confesses to Tyrese that he had, she had made the call to kill this one woman who had, was was Tyrese's girlfriend. This other guy. They were, this is when the flu epidemic was was getting in everybody, and she she made a judgment call that you know that if didn't want to spread. But Tyrese was feeling very magnanimous. He just says, "I can't forget what you did, but I can forgive you." Okay. And so it sounds like a very gut wrenching episode. It was, yeah. it was, it was, it was disturbing. Yeah. yeah, this was not. Yeah, I didn't enjoy this one so much. Um, um, um you can listen now. I was sort of listening. <laughs> I made the mistake about my headphones. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. It, it just the creepier it gets, the less I want to watch it. I know. Well, you, you know, it does. It, it, it again. Scary. Walking Dead at its, at its best when it explores. To what lengths would you go to preserve humanity, to keep humanity? What is humanity? I mean, it, it's exploring some really... It's creeping me out. This was creepier because when you involve children in, in any kind of horror yeah. film or mm. whatever situation. Yeah. So, yeah. But you look, at, you look at what kids are capable of. Mm-hmm. If they're kind of, again, Lord of the Flies-ish. I mean... Mm. You look at you look at what kids are capable of if they're left go if they aren't restrained in some way at sure. times and they aren't disciplined and it's not uh, it's not incredibly unfortunately far fetched and both these little girls have killed before I mean right. as far I mean they they had I mean they they had to kill walkers or when the jail got invaded um, one of them shot one of the invaders so yeah. it's you know these little these little girls had had a lot happen to them in in their short life. All right, I want to play the rest of the voicemail for from Floyd, and I'm actually sure. I might have queued this up just a little bit early, so it might be a little bit of repeat, which I'll edit out in the main show when we get there. But just is here's Floyd again to finish his voicemail. Okay, I just lost it again. Forget it. <laughs> All right, well, not that. Um, well, let's Sorry. move on. I, yeah, you can laugh. So it's not Floyd again. <laughs> let's talk about George R. R. Martin's plan to keep the show from catching up. He, you know, 
George R. R. Martin is listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Because as you'll recall, an episode ago, we were talking about how George, the, the whole Game of Thrones conundrum, mm-hmm. and about yeah. how are you going to keep it from catching up? Well, George R. R. Martin responded, and here's what he said, not to the Sci-Fi Diner because we're too, much of, we're too small fries as far as the act goes, but on Vanity Fair, he said this, um, the season that's about to debut, so season uh, four, but really kind of book three, is about, it, it covers the second half of the third book. The third book, Storm of Swords, was so long it had to be split into two. But there are two more books beyond that, A Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons. A Dance with Dragons itself is a book that is as big as Storm of Swords. So there's potentially three more seasons there between Feast and Dance if they split into two the way they did with Storms. Now, a feast and dance can take place simultaneously, so you can't do feast and then dance the way I did. You can combine them and do it chronologically, and it's my hope they'll do it that way, and then before long, they'll catch up with me. I will, and, before they, and before they catch up with me, I'll have published The Winds of Winter, which will give me another couple years. It might be tight on the last book, A Dream of Spring, as a juggernaut forward. Uh, okay. Um, and he's also put forth the idea of maybe a prequel season where like they go back in time, mentioning his Duncan Egg stories as well as his recent Tyrion uh, or Tar- Targaryen centered novella, The Princess and the Queen, as an example of Westeros based material that could be used. He's aware that the press for time, particularly as there are young cast members such as Maisie Williams, growing more adult every day. Yeah, so uh, yeah. there's a conundrum there. There's no doubt about it. Um, Em, any thoughts on this? So I've read up that HBO is going to stop at season seven. They're just going to stop. But now with this article, who and with George R. R. Martin actually like sitting down and writing the damn thing, um, the darn thing, I don't really know. It, because the guy who plays Targaryen, uh, why can't I think of his name? Tyrion. Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. He's about to sign on for another show, like we talked about before. Yeah, but that doesn't so, mean. I mean, who's to say? I mean, that's another HBO show, and if, they, if HBO decides to keep this going, there's no reason they can't both. He can't be doing both shows, I guess. Yeah, but you have to recontract everyone. Mm. If they've contracted everyone through season seven, then you have to start. You know, and you want to add on, they're going to they're gonna want to renegotiate. They're going to want to do a lot of extra things. People, you know, there's, they're a commodity that you can't, you can't have, you can't have, uh, um, I can't think of his name. You can't have him without Peter Dinklage. You can't have these characters without these actors. So if these actors find other projects, you can't go forward. So if, if. If Martin's ready to lay down the law and put down the rest of these books, he needs HBO, and he wants HBO to really go the distance with him. They need to get their crap sorted out like kind of quickly, like in the next year or two, because if 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 indeed HBO has said this is season seven is as far as we're going, and that's up to book five, that means they are truncating and cutting out a lot of stuff, which I think might be important and George might not want. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Thoughts on this, Miles? Um, I think the both of you have said it. I mean, uh, if 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 Martin wants to see everything done, if he wants to, to, to finish telling his story, he's going to get off his butt and uh, finish it. I don't know if you can push Martin though. I mean, 
five six years between books is not uh, not uncommon for them. I, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, renegotiating these contracts is going to be an absolute nightmare at the end of season seven. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to cost HBO a lot more money. I think yeah. HBO is going to try and wrap it up in some way. And they're going to be asking George R. R. Martin for a script or something. I, I, I don't know. I think George R. R. Martin, by them airing these, if he wasn't playing to release these two novels for ten years, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, since the beginning of HBO, since the beginning of the, you know, Game of Thrones series and TV, then they should have waited to start it closer to when he was done. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, you know, well, I just well, and then again, he might have had enough. Pl- he might have had a. Who knows what they discussed to begin with and where they wanted to go with it. You know, who knows where they were going to where George thought he was in his headspace, where HBO thought they were going to be, where the popularity was going to be, where the cost was going to be. You know, I'm it's hard to say without being in those rooms with them. But we can speculate that they had there was a plan and this is probably very different from what they planned to do. I don't know. I think that they need to sort George needs to sort his crap out now. And then work with HBO to make sure that if the story's going to get told, it's going to get told, and it's going to get told to the end. And if not, work with George to get it to an end point where at least people will be like, oh, I need more, and then go for the books. I think my, my worry here is that we're not going to get a resolution. Like, we'll get a, you'll get to the end of book five, or, okay, let's say he does make it to the, the next book. The next book is published, let's say, in a couple years, and they're able to... You know, it's released right in time for the season as well, which would be great marketing. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm worried what we're going to be doing is we're going to be left hanging because he certainly doesn't want to spoil the final book, you know, ahead of time. And I understand that from a writing point of view. And I under, and I understand you can't like really push you know, excellence. I mean, when you read the George R. R. Martin books, there's stuff in there, minute stuff that comes into play like five books later. I mean, he he has really thought through these books. He's the king of minutia. So he's truly the king of minutia, and is. I say that in a good way. Oh yeah. I mean, there's very few writers that can write uh, which is such relevance and such depth as he can. I mean, there's just there's no way about it. But but. Here's the other side. So you have two facets. You have the book crowd, and then you have the people that are watching the television show, some people that are doing both. And mm. um, I don't know where you, I don't know where you take that. So I, I don't know where you take it. I don't, I don't know what the answer was. Yeah. Jen says a tough call, and I'm not sure. Again, again, I think it is a tough call. The conundrum mm. continues. Did you guys listen to the song I sent you the link for, the Paul and Storm song? No, but I'm going to throw about George R. R. Martin. Yeah, but I'm going to throw it in here at the end. Can you put? You a, have to throw it in here at the end. I will. Can you? Uh, can you actually throw it into the um, not the chat room, but into the show notes down at the bottom again? And I'll yes, and I'll yes, click I that can. link and, and I'll get that started then when we sure get, when we when we get to the end of the show here. All right. Well, let me uh, let me go ahead. I'm going to play. Maybe I'm going to play this uh, link from uh, Floyd, and we'll see if we can catch the tail end of his voicemail. Lastly, Agents of Shield. Um, despite uh, kind of the lackluster response, I think from many many of the folks in the fanboy and fangirl community, I really enjoy Agents of Shield. Um, uh, to me, what really shines about it is the emotional strength of the stories and the humanity of the characters. 
Um, the stories aren't incredibly complicated. Um, but for me, maybe because of where I am in my life and kind of what I'm doing on, on the day in day out basis, a lot of what is discussed, a lot of what is, is being explored inside of the relationships between the characters. Um, I strongly, strongly identify with, and I find it very enjoyable to watch. Uh, I think uh, the players have great chemistry. They seem to be having a good time doing what they're doing. Um, and, uh, those elements far outweigh the um, the sort of more middle-of-the-road kind of plot elements. Um, so I'll keep watching. I hope they keep uh, I hope they keep making it. I'm about halfway through the fifth book in the Game of Thrones series. Em, you are very correct in that uh, it oftentimes feels very much like reading a set of stereo instructions. Uh, if a stereo was built during the Middle Ages, um, the fifth book is probably more so than any of the others. The 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 story is reaching a level of complexity, and the cast is reaching a level of size where it's becoming more and more difficult to keep track of who's who and where's where and what all the different agendas are. Um, so while I'm still enjoying the fifth book, I'm looking forward to wrapping it up. Um, I haven't watched the third season yet. I just picked it up on Blu-ray when it came out last week, I think. So I'll be watching that soon. Um, and I just just subscribed to the Saga of Dune podcast feed. I'm a I'm a big Dune fan. Uh, the original series. I didn't really like um, the couple of expanded universe Dune books that I read back in the '90s. But based on what I've been listening to um, in your guys' feed, Scott. Uh, I just picked up the Butlerian Jihad, and uh, I'm going to give it a listen because I listen to all the stuff that I quote-unquote read. I'm a literary poser. Um, and I'm looking forward to kind of spending some time in that universe, uh, probably not less complex than that of George R.R. R. Martin's Westeros, but um, it'll be a nice change of pace. So uh, that's all for me. Thanks a lot for uh, all of your guys' work and all of your time. I really appreciated the live shows from uh, Farpoint. Um, even though I live in uh, the Denver metro area and there's a couple of cons in the area, I don't often get a chance to um, attend. Uh, so it was nice to kind of hear some of the hustle and bustle in the background and hear your guys' excitement surrounding those events. So, again, thank you very much, and I'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care. All right. All right, Floyd. Thank you so, Floyd, thank you so much for calling in and giving us your thoughts about the various shows you talked about. He actually talked about a lot of good things here. Um, let's start with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thumbs up from him. Yeah, and maybe it didn't start off where folks would have liked it to have started off, but I think the it got very intense. Uh, I have one episode I need to watch before I'm caught up. but um, yeah, I think I'm an episode or two behind. But they've really picked things up, and we're gonna, you know, maybe see some secondary superhero, super baddie characters. Um, it seems like they're gonna be introducing those in the show, so we'll see some of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Em, your thoughts on what he said about Agents of Shield? It's really going somewhere cool. It's really going somewhere interesting. Um, I, I had, I have always thought of the show as being um, just fluff and and an advertisement between movies and they've surpassed that they're they're telling a story that, that from the human side and what it's like to be left on the ground to clean up after themselves especially after right after thor came out the new thor movie and they were in london cleaning up afterwards yeah. <laughs> they were literally cleaning up afterwards and that was kind of neat and there were a lot of interesting things that popped up from there 
and then if you've been watching and you saw, you know, what the guest house was, hint, hint, and who came to visit, hint, hint, there's some interesting stuff there. Um, and keep all that in mind. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what do you think about his comment on the stereo instructions? Oh, well, <laughs> I like the extension of if the stereo was from medieval times. Right, right. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. It's um, a lot to get through, and it's so gorgeous. Yeah. It's just really hard. It's it's like it's like when you go to a steakhouse, and they say, if you could eat the whole 22-ounce steak, it's yours. It's just a lot of steak. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, you know, and uh, Floyd, it's great to have you listening as well to the Dune Saga podcast. We're recording our next one here in a few days, and I'm glad you're on the journey. And like you, I am a literary poser because most of what I read these days is actually I'm listening to just because I run a lot and drive a lot and it makes sense. And I have uh, kids and I'm podcasting and doing other stuff that I don't really get a lot of time to actually physically sit down and read as much as I wish I would. But, but yeah. But anyways, uh, Agents of Shield. I agree with him on that, and totally glad that he's that he's liking that as well. Mm-hmm. But and great to hear some good feedback on some of the con experiences. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed our, our yeah. far point. Uh, we have uh, the Arrow panel. We have to release. We d- we do. Yeah. We do. We shouldn't mm-hmm. let that get away. Well, we'll release that. I guess a little bit later when we have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have an Arrow panel, and uh, is there anything else? I guess a Dune panel I could release as well in the feed since we kind of did that. But, Anyway, you should put the Dune panel out. That was good. Yeah. Well, I think David did in the uh, Dune Saga podcast feed, but we'll we'll get it out. You can cross. We can cross. We can, we can cross definitely. But do crossover. Yo. All right. Well, let's uh let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, before we get out of here, remember we are heading toward our two hundredth episode. We have some great loot for you if you want to check that out. Again, if you want to comment, call into the show. Let us know your thoughts. You can do so by calling in one eight 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 eight. That was one too many eights. One eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. You can email us at the Sci Fi Diner Podcast at gmail dot com, and you can also um, send an MP three that way. Join us on our Facebook fan page. That's Facebook dot com backslash Sci Fi Diner, and we have a Twitter as well, Sci Fi Diner as well. You can hit us up on. Um, as always, we would love to hear your feedback, any thoughts. And, hey, if you're really liking the diner and haven't visited iTunes in a while, we would love to get a little bit of uh, positive feedback from you on iTunes as well. Oh, yeah. So it always helps. Um, we're going to end. Well, Wheaton says to do it. Do it now. Do it now. But in a nice way because I'm a cool dude. Yeah. So we're going to actually end with um, uh, a song that uh, M recommended. you want to tell us a little bit about this uh, song? So Paul and Storm are just an amazing uh, set of musicians. They're just a little cuckoo. And my first exposure to them, they had sung a couple of songs, and then they sang this. And I had just become a really big um, Game of Thrones fan and had learned that it takes George R. R. Martin like a billion years to write the damn books, darn books. So I heard this song, and I thought, this is the nerd anthem of all nerd anthems. This is perfect. And um, I, if Colin is still listening, he could probably chime in with his info <laughs> on it. He's also, I, I, in our little circle of friends, we all love our Paul and Storm, who were also on the cruise ship with, with Will Wheaton. Um, it's 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 the nerd anthem of all nerd anthems. And if you love the George R. R. Martin books and you just can't wait, this is the song for you. Oh yay! All right, well let's uh, we'll play this uh, to exit the show tonight. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Until Until next time, time, good night and good luck. 
We'll see ya. Do your dailies. Please write and write faster You're not going to get any younger, you know Winter is coming, I'm growing impatient And you've still got two whole damn books left to go So write, George, write like the wind I curse the day that my friend ever loaned me An old dog-eared paperback called Game of Thrones how could I know that the seed would grow into an addiction that held me right down to my bones? Now five books later I lurk with the masses, indignant, entitled, and waiting forward that the great-bearded glacier has finally published 900 more pages of crack for the nerds. Why does every new verse of your song keep taking you so goddamn long? George R.R. R. Martin, please write and write Please give us boiled leather and sigils and steel We need our allotment of incest and intrigue And six-page descriptions of every last meal So write, George, write like the wind It took five years to chronicle Darnia Tolkien had twelve years and Rowling took ten Lucas spent nearly three decades on Star Wars And we all know how that one turned out in the end You're not our bitch and you're not a machine And we don't mean to dictate how you spend your days But please bear in mind in the time that you've had William Shakespeare churned out thirty-five friggin' plays And if you keep writing so slow You'll hold up the HBO show! Cause we won't stop whining until we're appeased Crap out the chapters And George, while you're at it Stop killing our favorite characters, please And write, George, write Like the wind George R.R. Martin, please write and write faster Like the wind you are dead, George, please write like the wind
where there's a bunch of 